and welcome fellow lighting nerds and friends to another episode of The Light Files, the lighting industry's podcast. My name is Lisa Bartlett. Thank you for joining me once again. I appreciate it so much and I I love uh, having these one-sided dialogues with you. (laughs) No, (laughs) I get responses uh, and I try to work all that comment into my next episode. So please do feel free to share your thoughts on the podcast or anything I talk about. It um, it really helps drive the content of this show and makes it better for all of us. So I super appreciate everyone who takes the time to send me a note. I also extremely appreciate the supporters we have on Patreon for the podcast. You can find the podcast on Patreon at patreon.com slash lightfiles. It is the best way to support this podcast and what I'm trying to do here and what we're trying to do to move the industry forward and share information. Um, I really appreciate everyone who has done that $5 commitment per month. Um, It means a lot to me. It means a lot to the industry support and just our whole community. So if you can take the time to do that, thank you so much. And, you know, rating and subscribing and reviewing on your podcast iPod, uh, sorry, Apple podcasts or wherever you get your uh, podcast from is also very much appreciated. So thank you so much for that. First light file I wanted to get into this week is something that's just been going through the back of my mind, um, really just starting this past week. And maybe it's just sort of a back to school slump, uh, but I'm starting to see signs and I'm really interested to hear what you all think in different parts of the country. So I'm located in the southeastern United States in Savannah, Georgia. And, um, you know, we're, <laughs> we always joke that we're 10 years behind what everyone else is doing down here. It's <laughs> I love where I live, but it's, um, it's just a different, a little bit different world. Um, but I'm starting to see just the tiniest, tiniest signs of slowdowns in the real estate market down here. Just tiny, nothing major. I still think things are going to be booming for a while, but there's just a little inkling of a a slowdown in purchases. Um, Maybe people are holding off a bit uh, just to see how pricing is going. So I'm just really curious to hear if in your area, you're really kind of just starting to see the very outer edges of some change in your in the market behavior. Um, it, are things uh, staying as strong as ever? Are they slowing down a bit? Uh, does it vary by the type of customer, builders, whomever? Um, just really interested to hear. So please let me know what's going on in your market, but I'll tell you a little bit about mine. So we're seeing just the, again, the tiniest slowdown in retail traffic um, and people doing um, like renovation type work. Um, The new home construction is still going just as strong as it was, but even that's hitting some hiccups like jobs that I know some electric that um, electricians who are customers of ours have under contract. Like at one point, one of these jobs was just going to cancel out entirely. They just weren't even going to do it. And then they decided to do it, but they just pushed the dates way back. So a job that was supposed to be coming out of the ground this summer isn't even going to happen till this fall, winter. Um, And I think a lot of this is just the uh, shock to the system of increased costs. It, um, 
Yeah, it's a lot for anybody to absorb. And, and those of you all that do work with electrical contractors on big jobs know that um, they go to contract on these jobs, they kind of lock in their pricing. And then when the price of wire and materials skyrockets all of a sudden, um, it can be really tricky for them to make that money back. And it's not just the electrical trade, it's all the trades that have this issue. So it's a little bit of, um, it's just in, in flux. It keeps everything in limbo. Um, anyway, just starting to see just the very outer edges of that impacting the sales, um, in my showroom. And just curious to see if other people are having that experience. Uh, the market in real estate here is still very, very strong. You know, houses are selling very quickly. Um, prices are still, I would say, maybe a touch on the inflated side. I think that is sort of a thing nationwide. It is a, um, yeah, it's not a great time to buy a market, buy a house, but it is sure is a great time to sell one. <laughs> we even considered, uh, we just did a, a renovation of two bathrooms in our home and we were like, hmm, maybe we should put this house on the market, but uh, who wants to buy right now? Because everything is a little overpriced. But um, that still seems to be going strong. So I'm sure some of this will pick back up. Maybe it really just is like back to school week and everyone getting into their new routines and it's caused this little hiccup, you know. But it um, just just curious. And uh, I'm reading a lot of financial news reports about, you know, um, with government financial incentives and assistance. I think a lot of that expires. Forgive me for not knowing all the details, but I think a lot of that expires this month at the end of August, um, which is coming up super fast, by the way, we're already halfway through August. Um, that's just wild to me, <laughs> but, uh, with a lot of those incentives expiring, I wonder if people are going to hold back on their spending a little bit. Um, I'd just be interested to see, to see how that's going. I did recently hear that, um, in our industry, in the lighting industry, um, I don't know if you'll be happy to know this or if it's a sign indicating a slowdown that e-commerce sales are down in the lighting industry in 2021. Now, I do not have any hard facts and figures. I cannot report any stats if that is just down like 1% or 10% or 20%. If anybody has some of that e-com information um, of the slowdown in lighting sales, I would really love to, to have some numbers to report back because I just think it's interesting if, our, if the e-commerce sales are slowing down a bit is that... Um, kind of an omen for what might uh, start trickling down and happening in our showrooms? And is that something we need to be mindful of? Um, so just throwing that out there, just something to think about. The second light file I want to talk about this week is social media posting. So I've talked about uh, this before a bit. I use a service called later, uh, later.com to schedule all of my Instagram posts. So for my showroom, I really only focus on Instagram. I throw in the occasional Facebook post. Um, it's just, I feel like what we do and what we sell is such a visual thing that Instagram seems to be the best platform to share it. Um, it, yeah, the, Twitter, I mean, it's hard to say in, 
<laughs> words about lighting and light fixtures that are going to mean something to people. <laughs> uh, what, what else am I missing? Oh, I just don't, haven't ever done too much with Pinterest and house and those things, but I know some people do, and I think it's pretty successful. So Instagram has just been my main source of getting my social media marketing out there. And there's a lot of great ways to do social media. And the reason I'm bringing all this up is I have really been struggling with um, generating content. So I made it my mission in 2020 to have a new Instagram post every day for pace lighting. And I have, and it has, um, it has uh, been a successful uh, program for me to some extent. Um, I've been able to do, you know, meet my goal. There is an Instagram post every day for 2020 and so far into 2021 for pace lighting. Uh, I'm proud of that. You know, it does take a a pretty big commitment (laughs) to make that happen. And in the past year, I have had a 94.9% growth rate in my followers on Instagram, So let's see. Yeah, but I still am under, so just full disclosure, currently I have 2,839 followers on Instagram. Um, and I, so that number has doubled, um, in one year. So August, 2020 to August, 2021, the the number of um, followers has doubled. I do, um, boost my posts. I use, um, the analytics, honestly, that later in Instagram provide me in order to know which posts are performing well. And I boost those, the ones that, um, you know, Instagram is telling me like, Hey, a lot of people are responding to this. (laughs) So I, I, you know, I use their metrics to kind of support, you know, my own personal mission. And it seems to have been working out pretty well. Um, I am just getting a little burned out at the day to day post and, or, you know, the day in day out post. Honestly, if you follow it at all, you'll notice my captions have, have continued to get shorter and shorter. (laughs) I'm running out of words to say. <laughs> and I feel like, um, I feel like it's very important to speak, uh, on a brand point of view. Um, so to always use like the same voice and same tone, it doesn't always have to be my particular voice, but to have kind of the same feel, I think that generates some like companionship, (laughs) uh, a sense of personality in your page. And I think that's important, especially when you're a brand, um, to have, to like, to build that relationship even from afar. So, um, yeah, I've just been struggling with this and starting to really wonder if the everyday posting is necessary, or is it better to maybe post three times a week or two times a week is, uh, quantity more important than quality. And I had always been led to believe based on like how Instagram, uh, does its logarithms and all this fun stuff that it's better to post every single day and get your message out there every single day and get engagement. And then in that way, um, Instagram is going to show your, your post to more people. Um, But then I, you know, I also know that if people aren't engaging with the posts, it's going to drive down the logarithms that are going to show it to people, you know, like, because if there's no engagement, why are they going to keep showing this post to people? Because Instagram's mission is to keep you on the app as long as possible. So they're going to show you content that they think you're going to engage with and not just any old random content. 
So um, that's why you follow people and like, I never saw that post. Well, it's probably a a low performing post. Um, So they're showing you other stuff first and that's fine. I'm willing to play the game. So, (laughs) so quantity versus quality um, is really, I'm really struggling with this on my Instagram and social media. And, um, I know there are some accounts in the industry that I follow that only post a couple times a week and I really love them. And there are some people that post every day or Monday through Friday. And I really love that too. Um, so I'm just really would love some feedback on what you have tried and what you like and even any ideas on how to avoid burnout in social media posting. And I'm going to go ahead and broaden this in general. How do you avoid burnout in your day-to-day job? Um, It's definitely a thing that um, I struggle with from time to time. It probably has a lot to do with my personality and I just need to be (laughs) engaged maybe more than the average bear. (laughs) And and if my work gets like mundane or repetitive, I get real bored with it. And even if it's necessary, I just don't want to do it because I want to, you know, I want things to be zipping along. I want want it to be more engaging, more fascinating um, than just doing some data entry. Like before I started recording this podcast, I was doing data entry into our database. And don't get me wrong, I love some good data entry. It's um, sort of my thing. But uh, yeah, it can be a little mind numbing and takes all the wind out of my sails. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And, and I was thinking, and then as I was going to record this, I was also realizing that I need to schedule some social media posts. And I was like, gosh, I just don't know if I have anything new to say, um, about lighting or my store or how am I going to drive more engagement? You know, I also do not use, um, Instagram stories, but I understand from people that do that it can be a really, really successful way to, um, to capture attention and get a bigger audience. I have just never actually, um, I've never actually been able to, uh, find my path with IG stories. I do a few of them and then I think they're terrible or they're whatever. It just overwhelms me, especially doing the videos. So, um, (laughs) so I just think that's, uh, it's any, it's just challenging to keep up with all that. So anybody that has some extra great insight, I know I've, I've shared some great marketing tips from Zell Duda before, uh, lighting of bulbs unlimited, but, uh, anything that anybody else has about this, about, um, the success of your social media posts, quality versus quantity, and how to avoid um, burnout in doing that task, and also just burnout at your job in general. Does anyone have just their favorite uh, their favorite way of like getting reengaged with their job um, and their tasks, even when you've like kind of hit this wall of I mean, let's talk about it with price increases. Like I've like really hit a wall of repricing my showroom literally for the third time this year. I've hit a wall. (laughs) I am exhausted. And I know like I can hear the manufacturers listening to this. They're like, Lisa, if that is your biggest problem, let me show you some issues with getting 
freight across the Pacific Ocean. I get, I get it. I get that this is a small part of it, um, but it is just, um, it's already kind of a thankless task, but has to be done. Um, the risk of losing this, this kind of margin on sales because you have an item priced wrong in your showroom, it's huge, um, especially when prices are going up by 10% with this um, last increase and maybe they went up five or seven percent the one before that and maybe five percent i mean if for some reason you have been unable to reprice your showroom since the beginning of 2021 there's probably 15 20 percent in price increases um that probably a, a savvy shopper is going to make you eat because well that's priced in your showroom at you know a hundred dollars but it should really be priced at 125 and that 25 dollars you're never going to get because they're going to they're going to you know demand require that you honor the price on the tag and we're all retailers and we all play the game and that's what we'll do so it's just it's been an onslaught never ending and i worry a bit about okay so a lot of manufacturers have released um price updates uh june july um sorry, not June, July, August, September, there was a bunch of price updates. September 1st is another key date with a ton of pricing updates. Um, if you're a member of the LSA, I co composed a um, official sheet of all the pricing updates and it's posted on our um, private group. So make sure you're checking that out just to keep up with everything. But I'm starting to wonder um, if the costs of shipping aren't kept in line is this going to happen again in december uh, or d january are we going to have another increase and then back to my original point that i started this episode with is that really going to just hit a point where we really just depress consumer spending and they just say it's not worth it i can't i can't i can't spend that much on something that you know a, a year ago was you know a quarter of the price that it is now i, I just i think it's going to be a real challenge um and I'm, I'm again i'm just not sure what that really means with uh con the construction uh new home construction just booming all over the place is that um is that just going to override any of this like consumer sentiment and consumer anxiety? Um, I think it might, uh, but how long is that going to last? Is there a point when that's going to start tapering off? And I think the real reason this concerns me and probably concerns all of us to some degree is, you know, the great recession wasn't that long ago. Uh, we certainly all remember it and remember the, the impact it had. And I wonder, are we prepared to take a similar setback or maybe not similar is too strong of a word, but a, a decent setback. I mean, we've all had by and large in our industry, we've all had probably the busiest two years that we've had since before the great recession. And are we going to have enough in reserves? Is there enough gas in the tank to get us through a slowdown that might be coming um, when people decide they just can't keep absorbing these price increases and we need to, you know, the cost of goods is just too high and we just need to pull all this back. I'm just really, really interested to see if we are better positioned as an industry to absorb that kind of blow. Um, or maybe it won't be a blow, but are, are we better positioned to absorb that kind of setback than we were in 2008? 
because by and large in 2008, we were not well positioned and many, many businesses uh, did not survive. Just, I don't want that for us. We already had that, you know, (laughs) that great disaster and just putting a lot of mental energy into thinking about like how, how do we do better if something like that is going to happen again? So I think this podcast has put more questions out there than answers, which is super helpful of me. Um, (laughs) But I just have, I guess um, that's because I have a lot of questions running through my head uh, this week of, you know, thinking about the economy, um, thinking about big picture things about, um, you know, where's the, where, where are we headed? Are we prepared for where we're headed? Is it all good? And then, um, also kind of simultaneously while I'm having all these big picture thoughts, uh, I'm getting a little bogged down by like day to day nonsense, um, things that are important, you know, like my social media presence for the business is important, but I'm just like running out of energy on it. And, you know, oh, another price change. I've got to do more tags. I've got to print, you know, just all of this kind of, it's like kind of opposing ends of the spectrum. We've got the, the tiniest little tasks and the big picture and this like golf in between. It's just been, um, an interesting week in my world, I guess we can, (laughs) we can put it that way. Um, Anything that I I chatted about in this episode that gave you, like, made you want to say, Lisa, here's the thing, or Lisa, here's my thoughts, please, please, please do send those my way. It means the world to me. It really helps this podcast. I think it is so important that we communicate with one another, that we share information. I'm happy to be the voice for that, for all the people that would rather remain anonymous. I'm here to just try to help our industry, to help us um, find a way to move forward in the in in a way that benefits us all and keeps us all successful. And I always appreciate you taking the time to listen to the light files. It means so much to me. Thank you so much, everyone. Take care. I'll talk to you next time.